Good evening, Bill. Good evening slash morning slash afternoon, Stanley. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and I do mean heavy on the ladies. Today is your episode. If you enjoy hearing the sound of our voices on the BS Car Guys podcast, you are going to love today because we are talking minivans. That's right. Get out your box of Cheerios and be ready. We are rolling in the minivan. Uh, I take offense to that, sir. Uh, I like the three minivans that we own, so there now. Do you like- also do you also like to eat Cheerios in your minivan? Uh, my children ate Cheerios at one point. They don't like Cheerios now. I don't know what's wrong with them. I'm, 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 I, I think something infected them. I don't know what's going on. They don't like. It's like, did you know it's like thirty-seven different kinds of Cheerios now? Yeah, there's a bunch. I got some in the cabinet right now. <laughs> I'm still, a, I'm still a frosted Cheerios man myself. That way, I don't have to add sugar, you know. Because if I do honey nut, I still want to add a little sugar, and that's not good for us old people. So I have to stay away from that. But hey, honey listen. Speaking of Cheerios. Um, I think that in the minivan world, when you post your minivan like used for sale, whether you're a dealership or a private seller individual, I think that along with a Carfax report, you should list like, you know, a rough estimate of boxes of Cheerios that have been through your minivan. And that gives people a real perspective on like, okay, this was a two kid minivan. So it's probably seen, you know, 64 boxes of Cheerios vacuumed out of it. Or this is a four-kid van, and then you're like, oh, okay, so we're like, you know, hundreds of boxes of Cheerios and some powdered donuts and, you know, a couple of gummy bears and who knows, you know, what else, a, a, a long-forgotten bag of breast milk underneath a seat, you know. That, that, that sort of stuff disgusting. should all be listed right there on, on the Carfax with any minivan purchase. All that is discussed. How would Carfax know that? I mean, you know, you as the owner should be responsible and and own up and tell people that 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 was part of your daily usage because we all know it. So just own up to it, you know, just own that and say we were proud minivan owners. And, you know, along with the the dog and the cat, we also had copious amounts of bodily fluids and food particles and all that other good stuff. How is how is someone supposed how is one supposed to count this, sir? I don't know. I don't know. And, you know <laughs> so also in thinking about minivans this week, because listen, this is not an area that I have spent any time dwelling upon. Um, but in thinking about minivans, I noticed that like several new minivans now offer a built-in vacuum cleaner. So yes, they do. Yes, they a, do. a, that's pretty cool. But B, is that the most practical option that you could add? Because don't you think like, an actual changing table would be more practical than a vacuum cleaner? No, no, because you're going to continue to use the, the, the vacuum cleaner. Changing table, you only get to use a, only a few times. You would think that you would use it all the time, but no. Once you, you know, you got a baby, you understand this. You plan stops around when the baby got to poop and stuff. You get yeah, <laughs> I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I guess the vacuum cleaner has a longer term, um, I guess, return on investment. So, yeah, I guess you're right about that. I maybe yeah, was just thinking kind of short term there. Yeah. What you're thinking about is the the manly, the, the manly parts of you. Like, ah, anyway. But anyway, we're going to talk about all those new things. But before we get to all those new things, I want to go through this list of 27 uh, picks that you have. So this week's challenge was uh, we had to buy, I had to buy uh, Bill a minivan, and Bill had to go buy himself a minivan. And he sent me 27 links on minivans because... <laughs> 
to, to well, look at. Listen, I, I, listen, I'm normally very opinionated and have got my mindset on what it is I like for pretty much every vehicle category known to man. I've figured out really quickly, though, the exception is minivans. I haven't looked at them. You know, I had my virtual uh, background earlier was the minivan. I don't even know if you call it a minivan. I guess it's a full-size van. The GMC from the hit TV show, The A-Team. Um, one of the coolest vans ever. That's right. One of the coolest vans ever, driven by B.A. Barabbas. I pity the fool. And, you know, I'm telling you right now, that's the last minivan that I was, like, genuinely uh, interested in owning as an adult. And I guess that was, like, 1986. So it's been a while since I really gave minivans a considerable look, and I realized that. So when I got to looking at them, I was like, oh, there's a lot of options. I don't really know which way I want to settle. So so I gave them all. Well, I didn't give them all, but I gave several. Uh, it seems like you got them all. You got them all. Uh, and speaking of backgrounds, my background right now is the mystery machine from Scooby-Doo because you look like Shaggy. Okay, my hair is not long enough to look like Shaggy. Your hair is not long enough currently to look like you know, Shaggy. I'm sure if they remade the uh, Scooby-Doo show in today's culture, um, it, that would be a more diversified cast. And I'm certain they would have some Stanley character on there with cornrows. So I, I think you're more apt to be a character on Scooby-Doo currently than, than I am. I'll be one of the villains. I'll be one of the villains that they there had to come snatch I'll be one of the dudes hiding under the mask. But you definitely get that shaggy roll. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Anyway, well, let's so talk about for, your picks. So <laughs> for my first van pick, I tried to do some sort of order here. I don't know what it is, but I tried. Okay. Um, so, wait a minute. I got to get the email because I didn't open any of these 27 picks because you asked me not to. Okay. Right, so so. I'll, I'll talk you through it as you're getting it open. So for my first pick, I went with a new minivan. You know, I, I, like, I like older stuff, but, but I went and built and priced several new minivans. But this is the one that I settled on as feeling like it was the most value for the um, dollar for myself. Not a super uh, common minivan selection, but one that I feel more people in the minivan market should consider, especially if you only have one or two children, but you still want a minivan. And that oh, is... The 2021 Ford Transit Connect wagon van thing. I understand where you went there. I Actually, uh, we, we drive these around, uh, you know, government vehicles. We got these right now, these and the bigger ones. They're actually pretty cool when you, uh, when you uh, make them people carriers. I mean, you most of most of the time you see them um, with with somebody's uh, business sticker on the side. But as people carriers, they do a pretty good job. Yeah, I mean, our company uses them for service vans, the larger ones. Um, they're pretty pretty good drivetrains, pretty good vehicles. This one has the two liter uh, inline four gas engine with the eight speed automatic transmission. I did select it in blue because again, I like to pick blue vehicles for Stanley to look at. Um, oh, I was going to bring that up. I definitely was going to bring that up. This vehicle comes in at a $35,634 price tag, which to me uh, not only makes it one of the cheapest minivans you can currently buy, but because of some of the features, um, I prefer it. It has it, it has less overly intrusive technology. It's more of a driver vehicle. It also does not offer in any capacity any form of television for your children in the back, which... <laughs> I am staunchly opposed to. I think kids should be forced to ride in the back of a car and learn how to get places. 
Um, so I also picked this van because there's no TV option. Cool. And you would also, in order for them to learn how to get stuff, for your parents out there, you must take away whatever phone that they have because they will not look out of the window if they have a phone in their hand. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, that's a good point, too, because a lot of times, we've and we've talked about it, technology in a vehicle really dates a vehicle as it gets older. And mm-hmm. if you look at some vehicles from, you know, 2010, 2012 that, that were luxury vehicles that had TVs, those TVs look ridiculous in the back now. They look outdated and clunky and they barely work and you know you can't even find uh, a vhs tape to play in the vcr down in the console and <laughs> vhs was not a thing well it probably was a thing in 2010 but as y'all the i uh disclaimer i currently still have a uh, chrysler town and country and we got a tv in the back of there because you know they all came with tvs when we got it i think anyway i don't think i don't i cannot remember the last time that thing i folded down I, I I have no idea when the, we lost the headphones because kids lose headphones. Well, yeah, there's know. another issue with it too, right? Yeah, seven years ago, and it's been there since. <laughs> and, and and let me ask you this question too, because if you have a kid and they're riding in the back of the minivan, currently are they more apt to watch that minivan's TV, or are they more apt to just hold their tablet and watch something or play a game on it? Tablets and phones, and, yeah. and that's one of that's one of my things. I mean, you see manufacturers now; they put in TVs and things like that. And uh, we, we were talking about the uh, the big boy SUVs. It seemed like there's an entertainment option for all of those things. Oh like, yeah. Why don't you just give them a charging point so they could t- plug in their iPad or telephone or Galaxy Tab or whatever it is they got, and let it be all right? Because Nobody cares. I don't think nobody really cares anymore about that. Unless you're an Uber driver and you're trying to entertain right. your, um, your passengers. Who is opting for I don't know. I'm, anyway, what's no, your I second mean, pick? I, so? I agree. All right. So my second pick, <laughs> um, I picked. So this one's the here's what I would actually buy selection. So if you yes. want to take a look at that link, I, got I, it. I think okay. you could probably guess what it is. Oh, mm, that's that's cool. That's cool. a that's a 2001. Oh, and, you know, I, we didn't mention this before we got into these picks, but Stanley's budget for me to buy myself a minivan was $55,000. And while at first I thought, well, that's crazy, that's actually really on par for new minivans because pretty much all the new ones I looked at and optioned out because I did go through them all. Um, mm. Even even really well-equipped all-wheel drive Toyota Siennas are right at fifty-one, fifty-two. So I think 50, 55 Stanley's budget was very well um, established. It came from an area of expertise that I do not have. So kudos yep. for Stanley for knowing what the price of a minivan is. Almost like I thought about it. Hmm. Almost <laughs> like you thought about it. So this van, however, is a 2001 Ford Econoline four-wheel drive in the overlanding world, this is known a known as a Quigley or a Quigley conversion. Um, mm-hmm. If this, you don't know what that is, we, we we may or may not. You know what? Just keep talking, Bill. Keep, we'll get there. <laughs> so, if you remember back from my pickup truck rant from last week, this one is old enough that it has the seven point three liter turbo diesel V eight. Um, so, and this one was converted to a quickly. So it was originally a two wheel drive van mm-hmm. and it was converted to solid axle front, um, four wheel drive system. looks like a couple of years ago. I think that second row seats are a little too fancy for you. You don't like fancy things. 
But I like that van. I really do like that van. And uh, for you guys who don't know what Quigley is, so what they do is they forward they four wheel drive eyes. That's not a good word. I forgot something to say right there. They turn your they turn your regular thing into a four wheel drive beast. And yes. uh, what you need is a donor, uh, like in this case, the Econo line, and then they go they go spec it out the way you want, uh, the, pretty much the way you want. It's you can do anything to that vehicle that they have the capability to do. And it seems like they have the capability to do a whole lot. That's exactly right. And this bad boy's, you know, front and rear lockers, solid axles, front and rear. Um, and this thing sold back in November of last year for just shy of $22,000 on bring a trailer. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm honestly, that's, that's a good buy for one of these. That's about market for one of these. Um, mm-hmm. You can expect to pay this for like, or these model years and and actually these early 2000 uh, econo line vans these are the ones that people want yep yep econo lines it ain't that many but it's a van so i'll give you a pass on there so so and then yeah that was anna we we were having a a moment so you know how it is with uh, four-year-olds that sometimes it's a good moments and sometimes it's not good moments. Oh, uh, moments are good moments with Anna. That's right. Uh, well, sometimes. So and then, and then, so in the event that you would claim that the Econo line is not really a minivan because you know technically it's not a minivan; it is a full-size van um, based on a Super Duty. Um, so I thought, well, you're going to say that's not really a minivan. So I said, okay, I'm going to pick a a more minivan. So the next link is a little more mini of minivan. Okay, cool. Um, I, I see of Maloney. And oh, so the, the, uh, maybe the picture is kind of crazy. And anyway, yeah. are you talking about a 2004 all wheel drive express van camper? Yes. So this is a 2004 Chevy express all wheel drive van. This has the 5.3 uh, V8 in it, which is the engine I'd like to put in my Land Cruiser, FYI. Um, but this this one is specced out for, you know, touring and camping and that kind of stuff. And honestly, you know, to me, if you're going to be driving a small apartment, um, why not do something with it other than go to the grocery store? So have a vacation vehicle, you know, uh-huh. that you can go tour the country in. Um, so that was kind of my my selection here for this one. Um, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's not really a minivan. That's more of a conversion van. But uh, you know what? And the reason why I'm, I'm giving you passes on minivans because uh, vans aren't really mini. I don't know why, why that name really stuck. But none of the no van is almost a minivan. They don't sell them in America, really. That's okay. <laughs> so if we if we move to the next selection, I interp- I, I expected that response to the Chevy Express all wheel drive conversion van because. <laughs> I thought, okay, that's still not going to be mini enough. So if we move to the next link, we go to a more mini minivan. Is that here? How is that here? That is for (laughs) sale in Christiansburg, Virginia at Duncan Imports. That is a 1994 1994 Mitsubishi Delkia. I don't know. You hear it said a hundred different ways from Sunday. Um, Space Gear. So yep. they made a couple of different versions of this van, and the Space Gear is the one you do not normally see. 
The Space Gear is the more rounded, weird-looking van, but yep. this is definitely a minivan. Yes, it is. If you this thing ever, is fourteen thousand dollars. If any of you ever been to Japan or you live currently live in Japan, you've seen a hundred of these. I uh, my master guns when I was over there, and he was my gunny when I was over there when I was a lot younger. But anyway, he had one of these. He'd go fishing pretty much every day. It, it, that was his yeah. thing. And this and, this thing, by the way, is four wheel drive. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. There are a lot of cool cars in the other markets that we don't get get uh, get here. And I'm like Bill brought up last week all, with all those weird and cool trucks. There's yep. some stuff that it we would think us car enthusiasts guy probably would think, hey man, they could sell that here. But you know, Americans they buy one, about ten of them, and then go buy another Honda Odyssey because yep. that's what they do. But yeah, man, now, this thing is pretty cool. It's pretty cool, and it's fourteen thousand dollars. But in the event that you said, well, it's it's still jacked up and it's got mud terrain tires and it's four wheel drive. Yeah. Real quick before you go over there, did you notice that that car that the uh, Mitsubishi had a uh, wood on the uh, four wheel drive shifter and the handbrake and the steering wheel and the center dash? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm noticing with a lot of these vehicles that Duncan imports that the steering wheels have been replaced with um, wooden ringed steering wheels. So apparently that's a pretty popular trend. Uh, if you think, if, for all you guys who uh, Americans out there who uh, think that we invented this car crazy thing and we do it the best and we, you know, no, you should go to another country. They do it. They, they do. I don't know if I would, I'm willing to bet that 70% of the vehicles in Japan are modified. Oh my God, I just hit this, the other link. <laughs> so I thought, well, maybe that four-wheel drive is too big and not many enough. So I selected a 2006 Suzuki Every. Who That's are right. these people? That's right, these... a Suzuki Every for eleven thousand nine hundred dollars, and it is a it is a K van. Who are these Duncan Imports? I need to do some more research on these Duncan Imports people. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't get you don't you don't uh, search the obscure stuff enough. So this this is a cool place. They've got a, a very eclectic collection of vehicles. Um, but this is a um, you know for our military brethren, if you're familiar with a Mighty Might or a little mini pickup, this is like yep. a minivan version of those trucks, um, and it is it is too cute to not be cool. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It, it's cool, but for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, cool story. Um, so when I first got to Japan, the first car I had, I called it a sweet pickle bus. If you don't remember what a sweet pickle bus, Google it. You got to be of a certain age, I guess. But this is like a newer version of the sweet pickle bus. Yeah, I, I kind of like it. for. I used to get stuck on the fog shakers in that thing because the tire was too small. <laughs> so small. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Okay, so some of those were very in jest, like jokingly minivan choices. So the yep. next link is, in in all seriousness, a used minivan that that I would absolutely drive. And when when I made my joke earlier about really the last minivan I was interested in was the A Team's van, it's not a hundred percent true. When I bought my two thousand two Volkswagen Jetta, the dealership that I bought it from had one of these on the lot brand new for sale. And of course no, I could did. not, yes, they did. I could not afford it at the time, but I remember looking at it and thinking I would absolutely drive this. Even as a young single Marine, I would drive this and camp out of it, but I just couldn't afford it. This and is the a thing that 
Yeah, the thing that he's talking about is the 2002 Volkswagen Euro Fan GLS. Uh, quick note, uh, did you notice? Uh, I'm sure you did notice that this thing has a VR6 in it. I absolutely did notice that this has a VR6 engine in it. And that's a 2.8 liter for those of you non-Volkswagen fans out there. And this 2002 is <coughs> in um, Silver Arrow Silver, I think is the color, because that's the same color my Jetta was. And this sold for only $8,000 with 129,000 miles on it. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I dig it. I dig it. I, I was just waiting for you to get to Europe. I didn't know when you was going to get there, but I was waiting. I would absolutely drive this thing. You know, it, it, it's only one flaw that I can think of is the fact that it has captain's chairs in the second row. And I just prefer a bench seat in the second row because those captain chairs really aren't going to keep your kids from fighting. You may buy it thinking it's going to keep them from fighting, but it's not going to do that. No, no, kind of, sort of. So why I got a van is because I have four, I had four children. They're all four adult ish people now. But uh, putting putting the three boys at the time uh, on a the, the back seat of a sedan, uh, that was not the move. That did not hit, as the young people like to say, because right. uh, all they did is touch each other and fight about touching each other. So being able to separate them <laughs> was was the move. But yeah. So, and, and so really my van list had some jokes in there, but it was bookended by two realistic vans that I would consider if I had to buy a van, that Volkswagen, I would buy for sure. And, and the, the Ford, you know, again, it, maybe if you have four kids, it's not the minivan for you, but I only have one kid. So if I was having to buy a minivan, that Ford Transit Connect would absolutely be one that I would check out because you've got space to put other kids in there if you need to. You've also got usable cargo space in the back if you're not using the third row. Mm -hmm. And it's a very small van, so parking it's super easy. It's going to be good in a city environment. You know, yeah. it, to me, it doesn't get enough um, recognition as a people carrier. Like Stanley said, you, you see a lot of them on the road as, you know, small business vans, but but not as people movers. Yeah, um, yeah. I threw two... Through two, two notable mentions on here. So if you want to click that first one, and while you're Nissan. telling the, while while you're telling people what it is, I'm gonna step away for one second. So you're gonna to have to talk for like three minutes all by yourself. Oh, I don't know if I could do that. Uh, so anyway, the, the, this next link that uh, that Bill sent is a 1992 Nissan Vanette uh, Largo Super Saloon. I'll, again, if you've been to Japan, if you was in the military, you've seen this. We all had them. They sold them a dime a dozen. Everybody came, everybody was looking for the one with the most JCI on it, and that's what we bought uh, for families, and that's what they bought. One of the cool things about this van is that back seat lays down so it can kind of turn into a little bed. And the mid, the mid row seats, the second row seats, they turn around and flip sideways and all types of cool stuff. But yeah, th this van was a, a, a mainstay in Iwakuni, Japan, while I was there. All Every time I went, um, my wife is from Trinidad and Tobago, and I'm I've seen a few of them in the uh, in Trinidad and Tobago as well. Um, uh, I don't know if everybody knows this, but Nissan is a much bigger thing outside of in, in Japan than than it is in the United States of America. And matter matter of fact, you, Nissan was like a tuner choice in in Japan, and where we kind of did the Hondas over here. But yeah, this thing got an old school uh, sliding 
sunroof thingy on the top. Oh, so you can open not, it up. Let's, don't even call it a sunroof. It is like a convertible. The it whole is pretty much- roof slides open. Did you mention oh. that the back seats fold down into a bed? Yes, I and did. The, the second row seats swivel around in circles? Yes, I did. All right. Sorry. I did not mention the cur- I did not mention the curtains though. Oh yeah. Because you know, because you know, if you're a young person and back seats slide uh, fold down and other seats turn around, we just gotta leave that as an open comment. Um, right. So <laughs> let's just say let's just say that you know when once somebody in engineering decided we could probably turn these seats into a bed, somebody else in engineering went, maybe I should look into uh, curtain rods. Yes, <laughs> that was a necessary thing. Yeah, and <laughs> the, the last link that Bill said, I'm surprised that you this is on this website. So, um, if you've listened to great, us, this is a great vehicle. Yeah, we love Doug Demiro. Doug, you're our man. You're, you're a little dude, odd, man. but but we we love your stuff and your website. Cars and Bids is great, and currently for sale on Cars and Bids is this 1993. Toyota Privia. That's right. The predecessor to the Sienna. Uh, this thing is currently bidded at $6,000 with less than a day remaining. You could have this gem of the 90s all to yourself. Um, this was the last van sold in America that I remember that had a manual transmission. Yep. And it looks like an egg. <laughs> well, I mean, there is that. But yeah, I selected this one specifically because it has a manual transmission. I, I mean, think, a minivan with a five-speed. Because listen, I, I, I like to give a lot of shade at minivans, but minivans are excellent sleeper speeder vehicles. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Because if, if, if you are a kid and your parents had a minivan, you broke the speed limit in it. Because yes. I did. Yes. <laughs> I... I like your choices. Um, I'm gonna go ahead. I, you know what? I you did way better than I thought you. Know. I'm gonna I'm gonna salute you. I'm gonna give you a a slow clap. Ah, on that thanks, one. Stanley. You did way better than I thought you did. That it was was gonna do. However, I think you should open up the email that I sent you. Okay, let's take a look at this first one. Mm-hmm. Are they all the same? Nope. Okay, hold on just a second. So. I'm having some mouse difficulties. All right, Sportsmobile. Okay, so you picked me a camper van, which I selected for myself, too, a couple of. All right, so I looked at this from a practical standpoint. I Okay, know the my first friend, one just takes me to the Sportsmobile page and says, whoops, the page you're looking for is missing. Uh, I'm, well, cool. I'll send you another link. Uh, I've got two more here. I'm going to go to the second well, one. Well, click it, click it, click on all three of them because okay. the, the story is way better than the pick. So I didn't Ooh. exactly, I didn't exactly pick you a minivan. Did I went to, it? I went exactly where you would have gone because you went there on your first link, which was kind of funny. Um, I don't care which one of these things you pick, you would um to buy, but you would buy all three of them, and it. It would work for you. So Sportsmobile kind of does what the the Quigley does. They take an existing chassis and they uh, f- they soup it up. They they can customize it the way you want. Um, so the link I sent Bill was one of the uh, Mercedes Sprinter, okay. one of the 
Is that the one you're looking at right now? Well, I was looking at the Ford. Okay, I see the Sprinter 4x4. Ooh, that's pretty cool, too. So here, here's my question, though, uh, because I like these. I like these a lot, and I probably would have clicked on one of them and, and had it on my list. But here's my question. Uh huh. Did you not set a budget of $55,000? Do you ever listen to budgets? I try to. I mean, that's no, how don't. I got to where I am in this life. My wife said I have to listen to budgets. No, no, no. Every week we go through this. You cheat on the budget every week. No, I, I cheat on I budget. cheat on model years, but I, I try not to cheat on the budget. And you know what? I just want the record to stand. The fact that you can never stay in budget is exactly the reason why your wife will not let us actually buy each other cars and drive them to one another. So I had this idea for Stanley and I to buy each other cars, actually buy them and drive and meet in the middle and exchange cars sight unseen. But unfortunately, Stanley's not good enough with a budget. So if you're listening to our show and you would like to donate money to help Stanley achieve his goal of buying me a car, feel free to uh, send us an email or send us a message on the BS Park Car Guys podcast using the link on whatever device you're listening on. And, you know, we can work out some sort of GoFundMe or something, and you can help Stanley raise the funds that he can operate outside of his wife's budget um, to go Mm. buy a car so we can actually do this thing. Because I know that's the reason he can't do it is because I say $1,500, and then he shows up in a $2,800 car. That, that's right. exactly what happens. So what really happened, how this really, really went down is my daughter is going to start driving next year. She's going to be in an apprentice program. She's going to start moving around. And I obviously, I have the car disease. So I wouldn't be here talking to you tonight. I told my wife two years, a year and a half ago to tell me no unless it was an emergency. This so is what, an emergency. So what did she do? She told me no, like she was supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> a, A, this is an emergency. B, um, how do you know that the car I don't pick for you wouldn't be the perfect first car for Faith? I, I Absolutely, a $1,500 car might be a great place to start. I, you know what? I would even spend the extra money, and before I deliver it, I'll go to Crutchfield, and I'll get you a head unit with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, and then that checks all your <laughs> boxes. You're so, you're, you're so bad. You're so bad. I won't even install it. So you have like a project you can work you on are. with her. You guys can install the head unit yourselves, and, <coughs> and you know whatever car I pick for $1,500 is going to need new speakers. So you guys can like relive the glory days like I did with Anna and putting speakers in a head unit in my Lexus. And you guys can have that bonding moment with this $1,500 gem of a nugget for you. Right. She said no. So before we get completely off, we we already completely off. Let's go try (laughs) to go back to the copy. So (laughs) I didn't pay attention to any of the budget. The budget. Clearly, because these things are like $200,000 a piece. these things are like $150,000. You can get yeah. one the, the way you want it for $100, uh, $150,000. Hey, so Bill's link isn't really working right now. But I, so I just went over here to the uh, to the pre-owned section in uh, in Texas. So that seven, that 2017 Sprinter uh, high roof would work for you. 
that uh, 2016 Sprinter with a high roof would work for you. All these things really work for Bill. These these are the vans that Bill w- really would buy. Wow. Because I knew you really wouldn't buy a real uh, a regular minivan, but you would roll one of these if you could get away with it. If I could get away with it. But listen, I will put this out there. So as much as I like the overlanding <laughs> um, lifestyle and all the cool accessories and uh, kit that you get to spec out a vehicle for overlanding with, um, I, it has one one flaw in my mind, and, and this flaw is applicable to these vehicles and would probably be the reason why I, I maybe wouldn't run to them initially. Now, there, there are certainly some ways that you could go about solving this problem, but that problem is you're living or camping out of these vehicles, which means that once you roll into the spot you're camping and you set up camp, you can't then go, hey, let's cruise into town and make old shop or a mom and pop diner restaurant because your house is the thing that you would drive to town. So, you know, the way around that is to have like a trailer or a camper or, or a tent, you know. But um, to me, the issue with having like a rooftop tent or one of these vans that has a, you know, a kitchen and bedroom in it and the roof pops up yep. is that you you're living out of the vehicle. So you really have to wait till the last minute and you're done with everything else for the day in order to set up camp. And I don't, maybe it's my age too, oh. but I kind of like setting up camp, oh. hanging out and going to town. All right. Flaw, but I'm going to ask you to click the uh, Sportsmobile Classic 4x4 button on that, on that website real quick. All right. You see, you see that green Ford right there? Yep. That's what I'm looking at. I saw that one and I was like, Bill, Bill would drive this. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I'm agreeing with you. I would drive it, but that's its one flaw um, in my mind. And and my wife and I have had this conversation. Like, it, it is the one flaw because we have a camper and we don't use it very often because we prefer to tent camp. Um, but the flaw in us having like a tent camper or a driving camper is that you, you're committed once you park that thing and set up, that's, that's where you live, you know. All right, so here's my here's my comeback, my, my rebut for your flaw. Bill, you don't like people. I I, I like people, okay. Let me say this a better way. You don't like groups of people. I don't like big, large groups of people. That's true. You know what hangouts around these uh, prefabricated campgrounds? Big groups of people. Yeah, but it's different. Like when you're there, it's it's different. You'll you'll learn because you know you mentioned in an earlier podcast that when you retire, that's what you and Giselle are going to do. And I am waiting for when this happens because we're coming with you. We're going camping with you. I want to see the two of y'all traveling the country in an RV camping because I want to be there to document it. Because you don't like people either. But my wife and I, through twenty years of camping together we have found that campgrounds are some of the most entertaining places on the planet. You never know what kind of people you're going to run into. We had a kid show up like we thought we were the only people in the campground and the kid showed up and literally just ate our meals and drank all our drinks and left. And we have no idea who the kid was. He just showed up for mealtime. I think he was with his grandparents and they had ran out of food or something. I don't know, but we just adopted a kid in the campground in Tennessee and he just, he lived off of our food, and we were like, "Well, I guess we have a kid now." But 
He liked Jones food better. That's all that was. I, I guess it was. I guess that's what it was. But he he absolutely drank every last carton of milk we had. <laughs> I mean, he wiped us out. I had a I had pre-planned everything out for an entire week, and this was like the second night, and he wiped us out. That uh, yeah, yeah. So you went back home, or you just went and got more? stuff? Oh no, we just went and got more stuff. We had to go buy some more tin foil anyway because the raccoon stole our roll of tin foil. Camping is the most fun. You've got to do it. You just never know. I once played tug of war with a skunk in the middle of the night with a bag of trash. I'm telling you, Stanley, you're gonna love it, buddy. I can't I'm wait. Going to gla- I'm going glamping, not camping. Nope, nope. You're going camping. You're not going. I'm not gonna let you go glamping. I don't. Right, really, I don't even really know what that is. But anyway, we're supposed to be talking about minivans. Let's, so let's we, talk about these new minivans. So before we get into the new minivan thing, I wrote down a little bit of notes that I need to kind of go through. Okay. For our mini our minivan talk. So uh, all you people, I need you to listen to me real quick, and including you, Bill. Reasons to buy a minivan. Ready? Yes. Tell me if you agree or not. If you have three or more children. Mm, okay. Point two. If you have three or more children and you do not have a boat. Eh, okay. If you have three or more children and you're shopping for a three-row three SUV and you don't have a boat. I mean, if, if you have you're saying more, boat because you live by the water, but there's plenty of other stuff that people pull. Something to pull with it. If you have three or more children and a dog. If you have three or more children and they play sports. If you have three or more children that play sports and they have friends, you should be shopping for a minivan, okay. not an SUV. Yeah, you know. Eh. So, he, yes, I will. I will concede that those are all good reasons to shop for a minivan. I would say though that they are not all like determinate factors that you must buy a minivan because. If you if you're shopping, if you fit all that criteria, and okay, you don't own a boat or you don't own, you know, a, a four wheeler, a race car, whatever the thing is that you would pull behind an SUV. Mm-hmm. If you don't also own a truck, there's going to come a time where you need a load of gravel or some mulch or something you don't want inside that minivan. So if your if your minivan doesn't have a trailer hitch, uh, and you don't already also own a trailer, you got to pay somebody to come bring that thing. So I don't know. I, to me, so when I priced all the minivans, if it, if all-wheel drive was an option, I put that on there. If a trailer hitch was an option, I put that on there. Because I'm going to want it to be as versatile as possible. Cool. And yeah, it's, it's not an SUV, but it needs to be able to do as much stuff that an SUV can do as possible. And the only real flaw that I see is, and again, we, I, we don't have a child that plays traditional sports, but... You know, well, we'll see. So, um, you know, sometimes those the parking at the soccer pitch um, or the (laughs) the baseball field, you know, you may have to be in a little grassy area and your little front wheel drive minivan may struggle if it's wet and dewy or there's a little ditch that you have to go through to get out or, you know, I just... I was um, doing some four-wheel driving this past weekend and was 
hanging out at the gas station where you buy your trail passes and um, a minivan rolled in with grass sticking out of the front bumper and the front bumper zip tied together. And this was a, a Dodge Grand Caravan. I, I took a picture and put it on my Facebook. I'll, I'll um, look it up. Um, so anyway, it had quite a bit of damage. And, you know, I made a joke like, oh, it must have been from on the four-wheel drive trails. But I'm guessing it was really probably just from driving through a yard. So It is not that low. But let me finish my list real quick before we get into all these things. You don't need a minivan, say people who are listening, some people who are there. If you have grandchildren, you do not need a minivan. Their parents have cars. Go get a Corvette. Go get a Corvette. That's true. All of us other grandparents are trying to get to, let's just go get Corvettes. Let their parents do the parenting thing. If you only have two kids, you don't need an SUV. You don't need a minivan. Go buy a car. They fit. Trust me. And I guess this is my last point. If you have three or more children and a boat and a dog and they play sports and all that stuff, which goes exactly to what you were just talking about, you should go buy a minivan and a used 4 by 4 truck. Okay. Because you need both. That's so, my list. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. I'm, I'm with you. So let me ask you a question then. Because, again, I'm trying to wrap my head around the minivan thing. Um, do you think the decline in minivans and the uptick in SUVs, is it a bit of an arms race? Because... If you're in traffic today, like, I mean, I drive a wagon most of the time um, on a daily basis, and I'm always behind a larger vehicle than me. You know, unless I'm behind like a Civic or a Miata, usually the vehicle I'm behind is is bigger than I am. So is the current trend to buy trucks, is it just an arms race because everybody just wants to be a little bit higher and be able to have a little more visibility um, and and have a little more presence on the road. Yep. So is that is that leading to the decline in the in the minivan? Because listen, I'll be perfectly honest. If if you're shopping for, um, I don't know, a GMC Acadia or uh, a Chevy Blazer, you know, the fact that you don't also give equal consideration to a minivan really just means that you're not a educated consumer because a minivan is more practical than those SUVs. Yes, they are. And that's and, and the reason why I said and part my list kind of goes off of that. And I had a pretty interesting conversation about minivans that I'm going to bring up as soon as I answer, uh, make this point. I, the reason I say you need, if you got three kids and I'm, you shopping for SUVs and stuff, it is exactly what Bill just said. You're going to be able to get more stuff more comfortably in a minivan than any of them SUVs short of a Suburban. And if you, I'm going to go ahead and guess everybody don't got $80,000 for a Suburban. I'm just going to make that guess. Right. Well, and to be honest with you, (laughs) I mean, if you park that up next to a Toyota Sienna that's half the price, it's got way less just cheap plastic in it than that Suburban. So, Yep, yep, yep. And it's going to be a nice, it's going to be at least as nice of a space as the high country because some of these new minivans are way nicer than you think they are oh yeah i was really surprised they have a whole lot of stuff they thinking of they're thinking of you person with more than three kids like me 
that, hey, how do you get all these little monsters, how do you get these little vampires to where they need to go in one piece with your sanity intact? <laughs> so, <laughs> think let, let me ask you a question here, because this is a follow-up question to your point. Because uh, at this point, you've sold me. I, I'm, I agree. You know, I'm with you. Now, given your criteria you just stated, three or more kids, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a grandparent, yada, yada, yada. Here's my question. Why are you, Lasonly Stanley, driving a minivan? You only have one kid at home, not three or more. You have no dog. You have no boat. Uh, you're you're not hauling kids to sports, and you have a grandchild. But you just said you don't need to be worrying about that. Their parents need to. So based on all the criteria you just stated, there should be a Corvette in your driveway and not not a minivan. Why do you have a minivan? Because I told my wife to tell me no. Sounds like that minivan's got to go, son. You can is, you can trade oh, you can it's trade going. for something of equal value. Mm-mm, nope. It may nope. not be as cool as you what you want, but listen, brother, if you're trading out of a minivan, you're getting cooler regardless of what you go to. I, I know me. <laughs> I know me. You know me. And more importantly, she knows me that it's not gonna be oh when when this minivan go, we're gonna go back to this whole dual income, no kid range. And we're gonna buy them for us. I ain't thinking about them no more. They'll be fine. <laughs> okay, so I, I got a question for you. What What do you suppose? What year's your minivan? Uh, twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. So what do you think it's worth? Uh, maybe about five grand. So okay, so that ain't gonna get you a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but regardless, there's still plenty of stuff out there that you could move over into and spend a small amount of additional money. Oh, I know. That would be a lot smaller and and not a minivan because you just you I mean all the criteria you listed, which I agree with. You know, you you don't check really any of those boxes anymore that require a minivan. So that I mean, really, that thing should be gone. Like, oh, the only uh, the, maybe I should add another point to my list over here is uh, if your children are grown up and you're just waiting to kick the last one out before you go buy your car. Hmm. Keep the minivan a little bit Keep longer. Keep the minivan. Don't 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 half do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> okay. Now I'm with you. Okay. So there's a plan. Yeah, there's a plan. Stand yeah. with the plan. Stand. It's almost like that was a song. It was a song. And you made a point earlier about uh, minivans and uh, you know why these SUVs kind of dominating things right now. So uh, if you're a good consumer, obviously you are because you're listening to this podcast and you're you're a brilliant consumer. Um, car companies have Jedi mind tricked you to believe a thing that I'm going to point out to you right now so you should point out to your friends because I know I'm not talking to you because you already know this SUVs are station wagons with lifts not even good lifts not even good lifts just lifts just station wagons with oversized wheels do you know what was it, the predecessor of the, uh, of the minivan? The station thing wagons. That, station wagons. So you skipped the cool thing, that the kind of cool thing that they tried to, got us to believe in the 80s and the 90s. It's like, hey, you don't want a station wagon. You want a minivan. Minivans are cooler to go right back to the station wagon that your grandparents used to drive. That's I'm right. I'm just saying. That's right. Because <laughs> unless you're driving one of those 
body on frame, big boy SUVs that we discussed, you are just driving a station wagon with a, with a little bit of a lift and way bigger wheels and tires than it needs. You know, you're just, you're taking all of the driving dynamics of a station wagon, but you're compromising all of the performance of a station wagon by adding a lot of extra weight and unsprung mass to your vehicle. You, My physics you, teacher would be so proud of me because I said mass and not weight. I know, right? We we remember little things every now and then. Yeah, yeah I mean, if you just get on get on YouTube, I'm not saying that all SUVs are uh, SUVs are bad vehicles, and you should never buy an SUV. I'm not saying that at all. No, what he but, is saying is that all crossover SUVs are bad vehicles, and you should yeah, never buy one. I did not say that either. <laughs> <laughs> I did not say that either. What I'm saying is. Be a better consumer and yes. kind of be a better consumer and know what you're getting into. Don't 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 trick yourself into believing that this thing is not a station wagon. It is a station wagon. It absolutely and, is. And for the record, I'm gonna go ahead and say 60% of all those SUVs that are out there that has two-row, no, nope. I'm gonna say 80, 85% of all the two-row SUVs that's out there. You know what's the better SUV? The Subaru. Wagon, I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, if it weren't for the if it weren't for the CVTs, definitely the better wagon. Definitely the better SUV. Yeah, I know they do. I do. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. Listen here, I'm going to support Stanley's point with one very factual piece of information. For nearly three years now, I have daily driven a 2013 Audi all-road wagon. Now, this all-road wagon has roughly the same ground clearance as a Lexus RX 400 or 450 or whatever denomination you want to call it, um, whatever the current version is. I think it's 350 and 400H or whatever it is. Anyway. So roughly the same, same ground clearance. But it is very clearly, to anybody who's ever seen a station wagon, a station wagon. There's no doubting that it's a station wagon. That being said, I drive a lot for work. I go through a lot of drive-thrus. And I can tell you absolutely, definitively, 90% of the time, and I'm probably lowballing, 90% of the time when I roll through a drive-thru, and I get my receipt, and I look at it for it to show what vehicle I was in. It says silver SUV. <laughs> I had no idea where you were going with that, but that's funny. <laughs> that is absolutely true. It's oh. a, it happened last night. I went through a drive-through with Kendra and Anna in the car. We got some drive-through food. I gave them my name. I got my food. Of course, there was part of it was missing, so I had to go back. So I pulled the receipt out, and it says right there on it, order for bill. And right underneath it, it says silver SUV. <laughs> Which proves my point. That means that to the untrained eye who looks at my car, at least 90% of the drive through workers on the planet look at my vehicle and go, well, that's no different than any other SUV. So you, when you buy that SUV, you're buying a station wagon. You can kid Absolutely. yourself and think you're buying some off-roading monster, but you're just buying a station wagon. Yeah. And if you're buying a three-row SUV, yes, there are real reasons to buy a three-row SUV. 
Yeah. I, I, I get you. But if you have three children, your children will be more comfortable in a minivan and you will have more of your sanity intact. I'm telling you. The beautiful... Uh, the, 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 where's the, the sanity play? The sanity play is they are further away from you, so oh. you can't get in a wreck as you swing back across the seat to kill them. Uh-huh. I'm with they you. Are they are further apart physically because there's a little bit more space. There's more space in, in, on the inside. Okay. You, you can put them in all four corners of the vehicles like I did. They, they could not touch each other because if you have more one children, you know that that is the worst thing in the world for a child is let their sibling touch them. The world just ended. And yep. now they got, you know, they got to blow up the world because they're, they're, their sibling touched them. And you can still put stuff in the back. Right. Yeah, I mean, Stan is right. I mean, it's absolutely true. So, all right, so if you're listening, like me, and you don't know minivans, and you're wondering, but with all these SUVs, how many minivans are even left anymore? Oh, I got them all. I got them all, too. Believe it or not, it's not many. There's only 10 to choose from. See, Bill's list is a little bit... And actually, three of them are the same van. Yeah, so Bill's, Bill's list is a little bit more expanded than mine, because... He is not. He kind of doesn't know this genre as well, and he sees something. I kind of group some things together, but we're gonna go down the list. I'm gonna kind of name the major players, and we're gonna go by any list because there's a point that I want to uh, a point that I want to make. Awesome, let's uh, do that. All right. So the number one selling minivan in America is the Honda Odyssey. In third quarter, in the third quarter, it sold twenty three thousand seven hundred and seventy four vehicles. Number two. Wait. You know a, what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know what is more surprising about that? The Rav Four Hybrid sold more units than that. Correct, because people believe that they need the Honda Pilot instead of the Honda Odyssey when they should buy the Odyssey a lot. Families and that that, that is anyway. Number two on the list was the Chrysler Pacifica at nineteen thousand and six. Bill, wait a minute, wow. which which Chrysler Pacifica? Because there's two. Aha. So on this website, they just put, put, put Pacificas all together. Because it's one thing. Okay. Now, so I found something out while I was doing this. Did you know in the third quarter of 2020, they sold one brand new Dodge Nuh-uh. Dart? One Brand new Dodge Dart sold in the third quarter of twenty. That thing went out of production three years ago, bro. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what? One. What? I was like, why did you even count that? Anyway, <laughs> you made a you made a whole line just to put that one in there. <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. Oh man, it it, it, it was I, it just jumped out at me. I was like, how in the how is this a thing? Wow. <laughs> but uh, real quick, number three on this list, no surprise. Actually, a little bit of a surprise. The Toyota Sienna, it sells. Uh, it sold eleven thousand uh, five hundred uh, in the third quarter. The Dodge Grand Caravan, very similar to my twenty twenty, who which has been around since two thousand eight, sold six thousand. And the Kia Sedona, so three thirty one hundred. I, I find that interesting because when I was going through these things and doing my building price and looking at features and the value for those features, my number two pick actually was the Kia Sedona. 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I really wanted it to be either the Toyota Sienna or the Chrysler Pacifica, mostly because both of those two vans are available in one form or another in all-wheel drive. Yep. And I thought, well, if I'm going to really give this a comparable run to an alternative to an SUV, you know, all-wheel drive is one of those features that is a choice for a lot of people when picking an SUV. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I can be a little more comparable. But but I really like the Kia, um, and I like the features, and I like the price tag on it too because, to me, you got just as much van as the competitors – at, at less price and uh and i think i could get a higher trim package with a bench second row because again i ain't buying no captain's chairs you well, please feel free to hate mail us and tell me why captain's chairs are better but i'm going to tell you and this may come up again in a future podcast about a completely different vehicle anytime i have an option with space that i can put a seat in it instead of not having a seat i'm going to go for the seat I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, like so, one one of the vehicles that we're looking at when we uh, when we uh, get rid of this van is to put my wife's mind at ease. Is is a three row SUV. I know all the things I just said. Yeah, I know this. However, in a pinch, it is cool to go ahead and have that seat back there. It oh, ain't yeah. never. I, I ain't. I'm not lifting it up, but. I need a bench seat. I don't want captain's chairs and a thing floating down permanently back there. I want it to end. So I need a whole bench seat. And a lot of three-row SUVs, when you get to the higher trims, they want to automatically go to the captain's chair. I was like, no, no, give me the bench. I want the yeah, bench. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> understand the logic behind that. I, I really struggle. I mean, <clears throat> I understand the marketing behind it and, and where they think consumers' minds would go. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't see a lot of like – senior adults hanging out together that want that comfortable seat when they're riding with their senior adult friends, you know, that, I mean, to me, that's where it would really be marketable. And, you know, I mean, I have one kid and we have a three row SUV. Um, it's 25 years old, but, but we have a three row (laughs) SUV and, you know, this past weekend it, it came in handy because we were out doing some camping and four wheeling and met some people and they didn't know how to drive off road. And I said, well, just hop in and ride with me. Now, <laughs> if I had been in a two-door Wrangler, it would have been mighty uncomfortable. But, yeah, yeah. but in my three-door SUV, everybody had plenty of room, and we didn't have to unload any of the camping gear. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm with you there. Um, another cool thing about these vans that uh, that Bill kind of alluded to earlier, they have a lot of features in there that are really useful for families. Yes. Uh, uh Three out of the four, three out on this list come with, well, one is brand new to 2021. Three of these things come with vacuum. You can get vacuums inside of it. Yep. Uh, all, all, all of them except one has some kind of feature where you can talk to the people in the back through the microphone in the front so they can hear you yell at them instead of you just, you, you straining your vocal cords, getting louder and louder, yelling at your children in the back. So they make it easier for you. <laughs> And and as cool as that feature is, a couple of those JDM vans that I found from the '90s also had that feature. Yeah. yeah, it's not a new feature. It's just they figured out now. Hey, you know what? We should give Americans these these options. Yep. Uh, I don't understand. Uh, two the two of the three big uh, bestsellers you can get in the 2021 model year with all-wheel drive. Like Bill said, a w- weird versions of two different all-wheel drive systems, like yes. the uh, the. 
And but the third one, I don't understand why they don't have an all-wheel drive system in it. Oh, another thing about minivans is, hey, everybody who's driving a Honda Odyssey who think uh, um, a Honda Pilot who did, who opted for the Pilot instead of the, uh, the Odyssey, you are driving a Honda Odyssey because yeah. it's the same car mechanically. It's the same <laughs> chassis. Yeah, it's the same chassis, which. I don't understand why they want that, why that one doesn't have all-wheel drive. It, it just doesn't make sense I to me. think the only reason it doesn't have all-wheel drive is because Honda fears that it would cut into pilot sales. In That's snow, a good point. In, in snowbelt states, they would sell more Odysseys if it had the same all-wheel drive system as as the pilot. I think that's the only reason why they don't offer it, because they don't want to have to import two different all-wheel drive vehicles um, and it would probably also affect their overall EPA ratings on gas mileage. And, and so that would probably affect them a little bit too, because the all wheel drive is going to get slightly less gas mileage, mm-hmm. slightly less gas mileage, unless you do it in a way that one of these do, uh, does it in. But real quick, they don't import the Odyssey or the, or the, uh, the, what the pilot, they build both of them in Ohio. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you're right. So yeah. a couple of vans that you missed. Did you did you know you can still buy a 2020 Chrysler Voyager? No, that is a new vehicle, sir. Oh, that is the 20. So the the, the relationship between the Chrysler Voyager, Voyager and the Chrysler Pacifica is so the 2021 Pacifica is going to get a new face and some new features and stuff. So they're going to keep selling the old van. They're just going to change the name and call it the Voyager. So that would be the cheaper one. Well, currently, you can buy a 2020 Chrysler Pacifica or a 2020 Chrysler Voyager. Yep, yep. Yep, and then and the like, Voyager is considerably cheaper base priced. Yes, yes, because it's, de- it's a decontented Pacifica. But like I said, in 2021, when the Pacifica get, gets the new face and all that stuff, the Voyager will be stuck with the old stuff. So are they still only offering the Voyager basically for like fleet sales? I mean, this is what it sounds like. Rentals and fleet fleet sales? Yes. yes. They, From what I understand, they're going to do that because they're going to discontinue the Grand Caravan. Uh, oh. Because the Grand Caravan is for sale only because of fleet sales. Essentially. Yeah. So if you if you see one, it's a rental car. If it's a new one, it's a rental car. Or that makes sense. But this, that comes that actually comes up with a point. Why in the world does Chrysler have a habit in getting rid of or misusing perfectly good names of vehicles? I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Hey, listen. Let me ask you about these other two van choices. Right, yeah, do that. So w- obviously, I mentioned the Ford Transit Connect. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are listening to Stanley's criteria for why to select a vehicle and he missed your criteria of you have six or more children, there are two vans that are out there for you to choose from. There's the 2020 Mercedes-Benz Sprinter uh, wagon, which carries, you know, it's a personnel carrier, not just a service van. And then yep. there's also the 2020 Ford Transit 150, yep. which is the bigger version of that Transit Connect. And both of those can be had in like 15 passenger configuration. Yep. So if you got yep. like nine children running around you and you don't want to buy an actual school bus, those are your two van, van choices. I, if you have nine children that uh, run around, what I'm going to suggest you do is go buy a TV and put it in your bedroom. Just saying. <laughs> 
go where you want to go from there. But yeah, the reason that those aren't on my list is because right, sir. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get you a Netflix account in there. I'm just. <laughs> I think that's already the problem. They had too much Netflix and chill. I think that's what's happened. It might be. It might. I be. think they need to cancel some Netflix subscriptions and yeah. go take a hike. Yeah, go take a hike. Two different ways. Y'all need. Yeah, separation. yeah. Take, take two separate hikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know how you pay for that. I, I barely survived these four kids. Um, but yeah, the reason I didn't put them on there is because most people kind of see them as still kind of uh, cargo. Um, cargo work vehicles. But like Bill just said, bring it up. If they have absolutely valid use cases, if you got you got that many kids, and some people do, or you really need to move a lot of people. Well, yeah. Or, you know, look, let's be realistic here. If you've got, I mean, and really price-wise, there, there's not a lot of difference. I mean, you've got a Chrysler Pacifica for $39,995. The Ford Transit's 40 I mean, yeah. you know, you, your base prices are, they're right there together. And the Mercedes-Benz, you can get a base one for like less than 32 which I don't think you'd ever see one. But you could, in theory, order one that way. Um, I see them all the time. But, well, yeah, they're empty in the back. Um, but, you know if you've got four kids or if you've got five kids and your kids have friends and you're in a minivan, you ain't taking many friends anywhere. Exactly. So if you want to be able to carry their friends with them, you know, having more than eight passengers or seven passengers, or God forbid you got duped into buying the captain's chairs, six passengers, um, <laughs> you know, you, you, you need more seats. And, need more and those are the only two that have more seats. Yep. That is, that is a good, great point, man. Um, but my whole, so Bill, how we got here is one of the ways we got here. There's another reason. One of the ways we got here is Bill has always been on me about minivans because he don't like how they drive and all this other stuff. Let me tell you, they drive better than you think. They do not they drive do. like sports. They do not drive like sports cars. They do drive better than you think. I, I will concur because I've had a couple of rental vehicles. Um, at various times in various parts of the country, and they do drive better than you might expect a minivan to drive at this point. I mean, how many people are out there that haven't driven a minivan at some point? I'm not telling anything anybody doesn't know, but um, they they are a vehicle to get in and operate and forget what kind of vehicle you're in and operating. They're they're yeah. just about getting you and your family from A to B, you know. So from you, an enthusiast standpoint, it's not a vehicle you want to buy. Yeah, it's not a thing for you. It's, it's not the vehicle for the enthusiast. You, you made a point when you and your family getting there to be, the, I think you left one part out there. You, your family, and all your stuff, all of the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, you, your family, the dog, and all your stuff. Yeah. And I agree. I mean, I like to give minivan people a little bit of a hard time, but... I will say, when compared to some unibodied crossover SUVs, the minivan is, in fact, the better, more logical option. And cheaper. And which is cheaper. why we got a, and which is why we got a minivan to start off with. Yeah. Because I did not have uh, Dodge Durango money at that time. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and it, I mean. Look, it's not just about whether or not it's cheaper or more expensive. It's also that it's cheaper um, 
with features, right? You're not just buying cheaper. Because, I mean, if it was just buying cheaper, then, you know, you'd just go buy an empty Ford Transit van with no seats in mm-hmm. the back and, and staple some school chairs to the wall, you know. But it's not about just cheaper. It's, it is comparable but more affordable. And th- and that's really the takeaway is if you're looking at a $68,000 crossover and you're not also at least going to look at an all-wheel drive Sienna fully loaded for 50, then mm-hmm. you you deserve to have 16 or $18,000 slapped out of your hand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're doing that, I have a place you can donate that money. I'm just saying... Just, to Stanley's $1,500 buy your friend a cheap car yeah, challenge. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can send it there and Bill can get his wish and we can go buy cheap cars and go do that. Because I don't see the point. If you got that many kids, like you just said, I don't see the point spending $60,000 for an SUV when you can spend $50,000 for a van and have more better stuff, more stuff. More room, more of everything, more practical. More of everything. That's the takeaway. More of everything. Yeah. Um, so, so at the end of this, am I a minivan guy? No. no. But <laughs> do I think they're worth looking at? Yes. Yes. Every car has a buy case. That's, Some of them are horrible buy cases. That's exactly right. I. But, that's very true. <laughs> Every car has its logic behind it. Yep. Um. I got a real quick question for you. Uh, in your minivan research, obviously you talk, you, look, you saw the new Toyota Sienna, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you feel about they're not they're, they all of them being hybrids? Yeah, I don't. I know how you feel about hybrids. <laughs> I, I don't like not giving people the choice, but at the same time, it's coming, right? Yeah, it's coming. It, I mean. Buckle up, everybody. Batteries are coming. Um, so, you know, somebody had to be the trigger puller, the first in flight, the precedent setter, whatever the term you want to use is. Somebody had to be that person. And, you know, whether you're talking about Volvo and they only sell one engine, they just may or may not add a turbo, a supercharger, or a battery, or all three, or you're talking about, you know, like the the new Land Rover Defender, which we may or may not be talking about more in the future. Um, yeah. You can have two options of an engine there. You can have a hybrid or you can have a four-cylinder. There yeah. is no big engine choice without a hybrid connected to it. Yeah. So, you, you know, more of that is coming. That is, that is going to be more and more common. Yeah. Put, it, put it in a different way. If Ferrari and, and Porsche said, hey, we're going to build a hybrid car, it, it's coming everywhere yep. else. Yep. Because I, I, Ferrari had had problems when people when they decided to turbocharge cars, and now they're about to make it one a hybrid. And yeah. Yeah. It's it's coming. Technology can do a hybrid car can be a fun car and can be a sports car and and it can just be a fuel economy thing. It can be all things, just like a regular engine can be all things. Depend on how you design it and, you know, tune it. Hybrids and EVs and stuff can be all things as well. But anyway, I'm going I'm to let you off the hook. We're going to stop talking about minivans, bro. Because I know Woo. I know that you had this was an educational experience for you. It was. You, you feel the minivan now. You understand the point. 
That's it right. Is, it is That's how right. I survived. I mean, I, I, I mean, like I said, I totally get it. It, it makes sense to me. You know, it's, um, it, it's like I've been to a museum and experienced an educational exhibit, and I, I learned some things to take away from it. Of, you know, in in the history of man, there was a time where a minivan was the appropriate vehicle. And, and honestly, we may still be living in that time period. Um, but in the world of choice, people have moved away from it. Yeah. But it still has its place, and there is still logic to be found in the minivan. And while I'm not going to go buy one, I can say that there are a few for sale that I'm now officially a fan of. You know, am I going to be excited when I see one on the road? No, no, but, but Hey, you know what? We, you never know because today I was driving and I saw something and I got excited about it for my friend Stanley. I was, okay. in, I was in the big booming metropolis of Lumberbridge, North Carolina. And if what? you don't know where that is, I don't it sucks to be you. Um, but anyway, I saw a Honda Ridgeline pulling a trailer <laughs> With like six two by fours on it. And I said, well, they are loaded to the hilt. They are putting in work. And I got so excited. I was like, there it is. My friend Stanley's truck putting in work, hauling a trailer, like a little single axle trailer with like literally six two by fours on it. Now, I don't know why those couldn't go in the bed of the truck, but maybe it was over the payload limits. I, I don't know. But they were pulling them with a trailer. And I said... I, I even held my fist up in the air as I went by, like, yeah, bro, doing work. I'm proud of you. You know you like my truck. You see you saw what they did to it, right? I sent you the I sent you the article, brother. I know. I, know. I, know. I was looking I at saw it. it. I was excited. I was like, it actually looks a little more truck like in the front end now. You know what I didn't realize about that truck is? The 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 gate the uh oh god, the bed is wider than all the other trucks in his um in his in his category. Yeah, because it, it doesn't have like a rear diff to worry about. Yeah, but they you know, and like real tires. Yeah, you know. real tires. If you're I running like, on if, if you're running on four space savers, you know look, you, you got room for more bed. I'm gonna get one of them, and I'm gonna let you drive it, and you're gonna like it. Matter of fact, you know what? I'm gonna litter your email or our messaging app with all types of cool Honda Ridgeline stuff until please, you like. Please it. do, please do. I saw a really cool like Overland one at at, at SEMA last year. It was really cool. Hmm. So, oh right. SEMA, so yeah. Oh, but anyway, you know what I saw this weekend? What did you say? All right, cool. So you know they build real cars where I am. You know they they build the the Mercedes, the uh, Metris, and all them things where I where I am. You know the Mercedes what? The Mercedes Metris, uh, what do you call it? Metris, the, the van that we were just talking about. Jesus. Uh, the Sprinter? <laughs> Sprinter. Yeah, the Sprinter. What no, is they a got Metris? One, they got a Metris and stuff, too. Anyway, What's a Metris? They, I sleep a, on a Metris. What's a Metris? It's, it's a Metris. Metro. I'm saying it wrong. Anyway, What's a Metris? Anyway, they also build Volvos. Are you sure a Metris is a thing? That sounds like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie from I'm the definitely 80s. Gonna, I'm what is a Metris? I'm definitely Googling that. But anyway... You they uh they build Volvos here, right? You know that? Yeah, I know that. I was gonna Talk ask about you about a Volvo. Go ahead. So I was driving down the road and 
I saw a gentleman getting pulled over, and I was like, man, you were speeding. I know what road you're on. Guess what he got pulled over by? What? A Volvo S60, and I'm I'm pretty sure it was a T6. Yeah. Why was he pulled over by a Volvo S60 T6? Wow. Because we got four Volvo S60 T6 police cars right around here. Well, that's pretty cool. So let me ask you my Volvo question. So I read an article yesterday about um, some EPA numbers coming back on battery ranges on Mm. electric vehicles. And the Volvo that you mentioned seeing in camouflage recently, like a month or two ago, was on that list, but not on a good list. Yes, yes. It, It was on a bad list because it only had... Like it had way less range than Volvo was claiming, yeah. way less. Yep, I uh, I saw that as well. Um, I think that the same thing affects the, the same disappointment that people had about the uh, Polestar Two because uh, they're on the same chassis. Yeah, and uh, I was also reading an article, and it was before this one. Uh, but the XC40 about, is actually heavier than the Polestar Two, right? So um, I think that hurts it even more. I think it's not as aerodynamic. Oh, okay. That's Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, because you got to lift it off the ground a little bit. But yeah, I think the, the, the what do they call it? The XC40 recharge. Yeah, that's, that's right. The recharge. Actually, I, I think it, if, it, if it can't get up to speed and it can't go as far as they want it to go, people might be calling it something else that's not politically <laughs> correct anymore that sounds like recharge. And you could draw your own conclusions in that. <laughs> but yeah, I'm thinking with they 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 rated at like that, what 200 mile range or two hundred. Yeah, it was like it was like 201 or 206. It was it was not as proud as Volvo was claiming. Let's just say that. Yeah, and to be quite uh, to be honest, I'm surprised that it was that low because they've been doing this electrified thing for a minute. They should be, but at the same time, Audi Audi is having that same problem as well because. I don't know if they're measuring range different or something because you know car manufacturers get the uh, manufacturers get to measure gas miles themselves and then send it to the EPA. So right, right. You know, they can they could be cheating too, but oh, they they have been. Check your email. For the I'm looking at it right now. I'm pulling up the oh, so it's a comparable to the Ford Transit Connect. So it's like a small van. So it's the Metris because you can play Tetris trying to get all of your boxes in the back of the new Mercedes Metris. See, I just came up with a whole marketing campaign for them on the spot. You're a rapper. Yeah, I'm I'm not that. Now, I mean, if you <laughs> hand me a Christmas gift, I suppose I could wrap that up for you, but <laughs> I really prefer to let my wife do all the wrapping. Yeah, so there is, in just in case if we left that off, I guess this would qualify the minivan conversation as well. Yeah, I didn't know this a- was the thing. I, I'm about to build one. I may have to replace my Ford Transit Connect. I mean, this is kind of exciting. How did I miss this? It, come on, Google. You you let me down. Oh, yeah, it- they, they got it as a passenger van. What? And you got to make it blue. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go blue if that's an option. Although, I don't know. I mean, if you build a Mercedes, don't you technically have to build it in silver because of, you know, silver arrow? Hey, you can get this thing in eight-passenger configuration, dude. Yeah. 
you can get 180 degree rear opening doors or you can get a lift gate. Mm-hmm. You better believe I'm getting a lift gate. How do I change that? Oh, I can't <laughs> get a lift gate with eight passengers? Mm, you lose some points, Mercedes. What are we doing? <laughs> I'm doing the same thing you're doing. Are you really? You building uh, one too? Yeah, I'm building one. Why would I, I build one? <laughs> we just found something. I'm going to build it. Yeah. I don't understand what's going on here. My, 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 the website, we crashed. Mercedes has not had two people interested in the metrics at the same time ever. <laughs> That's just, really what it is. We just crashed their site right now. There's a team of engineers going, Oh, we've got a spike in sales. I don't know how you say the name of that blue color is C A V. I don't know how what did that you get to the blue color already. All right, there we go. Continuing <laughs> steel. steel blue, navy blue. Uh, um, oh, Cavanasite. Cavanasite. Yeah. yeah, made up word. Definitely made up word. Cavanasite. I'm picking that one. Why is this thing not over forty thousand dollars yet? I don't know. I'm putting the black leather red in there. Why not get a leatherette? You know, you know, Mercedes. Most of the leather in Mercedes, until you get to the higher end cars or the higher spec cars, it is all of it's leatherette. Is that right? Yep, it's not real. So this thing's pretty cool. Let's see. Let's do all the options. Let's load it up. I don't know if I can click all mine that fast. Oh, I'm definitely getting cold weather package. Driver comfort? Why, yes, I would like to be comfortable. What? Who selects driver uncomfort? Is that uh, an option? What is, happens? Is there a broken broomstick in the middle of the seat? What? What is uncomfortable about it? Hey, speaking of broken broomstick uh, <laughs> stuff in the seats, so we other, other car things. So you saw the um, the the the, the, uh, the video I showed you of the M three M four, right? Yes, it's growing on me, and well, I don't know if I like that hard thing in the middle of the seat either. You don't think you do? So um, I'm I'm going to go ahead and say after watching that video and seeing not photograph renders, but actually seeing video of them, um, they may have grown on me a little bit too. Maybe. Maybe. But they are still... Like, I think it's going to be one of those things where it will age fairly well. Because I do think, and I've mentioned this before, but I do think in the coming years, front ends of cars, because of crash safety standards, will continue to get bigger and dumber and softer and rounder so that when you run over people who don't know how to cross the street, like we could spend all of this engineering money on teaching people to look both ways. Instead, we're going to make cars uglier and less sporty. Well, that way, uh, that way they can just bounce the idiots off the hood and just keep on rolling. Cause, yeah, because I mean, they're going to have their face in phones and stuff. They ain't going to see you coming. I don't know what it would cost for a national campaign of reminding people that, you know, back when in the 80s when I was a kid in school, they actually told you, hey, if you get right across the street, it's a good idea to look left. And look right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think I learned that in stopped, first grade. Yeah, at some point we stopped teaching people that, apparently. But I, I think I think you're right. The Mercedes thing won't let me click all the options and go to the next thing. So maybe I'm we about, should. I'm about there. I guess I got to get the 
I got a couple of options left I need to get. I'm going to put the heated uh, mirrors, and you definitely need a first aid kit for riding around with all those kids. Give me the parking assist to let me know if I'm close to stuff. I do not want an audible backup alarm, but how German is that? On a family minivan, you can have it so when you put it in reverse, it audibly goes beep, beep, beep. How about That's, the option for a, um, a, do you have the option for the additional battery? Yeah, I already selected that. Absolutely, give me the additional battery. It won't let me go to the next button, man. Uh, ooh, look at all these warranties, dude. Look at this. Did it let you go to the next button? Seriously? Yeah. I'm putting a uh, seven-year, 140,000-mile warranty on there because it's right. a Mercedes. That warranty stuff's expensive. And I'm going to go ahead and put the uh, six services of maintenance on there. I'm going to go ahead and put the... I don't even know what parametric special module is, but I want it. It's $300. What is it? They got to be fancy because you can't say it. It's real. That is cool. Oh, yeah. Give me a courtesy light for the tailgate, please. All right. What are we at here? What's next? What? Dude. How much did it come out to? I got options here for master solutions to take your van's vocational capabilities to the next level. You can put folding tables in this thing and all the chairs face the center and you could have like a little meeting space in there. This thing's like a Cessna jet. Okay. What, where are we at? All right, I'm at review my build here. 2020, I'm at $53,000. And this wow. sucker is loaded to the hilt. Build, build, destroyed minivan, man. Sounds excited. No, um, what I'm excited about is that I've got a pretty cool-looking Mercedes minivan with a ton of options. Yeah, it doesn't have a vacuum cleaner, but it's got a ton of options on it, and it's comparably priced to those other minivans we talked about. So that's pretty cool. Yep, yep. And if you got all them kids and you got some kids to vacuum your, your van out, I'm just saying, you don't need a vacuum cleaner. I will say, though, if you buy this minivan, the kids in the back are only ever allowed on their tablets to play Tetris. That might be a rule. Might be a because rule. you're driving a Metris. You that can only play a... Tetris in your Metris. Tetris in my Metris. Oh, that, that might be the name of this podcast. And on that note, hey, dude, I love you, bro. I think we've been talking for like an hour and a half. I know. It's awesome. I love you, too. This is great. I, I enjoyed minivan episodes. So what do we got coming up next week? Next week is... We're not going to talk about minivans. We're going to talk about... The alternatives to the minivans. Yeah, all, all those uh, unibody SUVs that we just told you not to go buy, we're going to talk about those next week. Yeah, Bill doesn't like them. That's all right. I'll, I'll find some stuff I like. And spoiler. then, spoiler alert. And then for our spend my fake money, we're going to give each other $19,500 to find one of those unibody SUVs that would be an alternative to the minivan. And this is important to Stanley because. Stanley needs to replace his minivan because he no longer fits their criteria for owning a minivan. I know this. I know I wrote the, the criteria for my experience. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, man, we're going to do all them things next week. Hopefully we see something cool we can tell you, you guys about. Hey, and don't forget, hey, if there's something that you want us to talk about, you need help buying a car, 
you bought a cool car, just want to come on here and talk about it, send us an email and, you know, we'll see about getting scheduling this thing, getting you on here. And that's exactly we'll talk right. About it. Yeah. We'd talk love to have you on. Or if you just have a current car dilemma or, uh, you know, trying to make up your mind between two cars and want some input from two guys who have an opinion about every car ever built, yep. you know, send us your cars that you're debating and we'll be glad to tell you how we feel about them. And then you can go and pick the one that we don't like. Absolutely. Absolutely, because that's yeah. kind of how that works. <laughs> so until next time, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Yes, sir. I love you, man. Later.